we are live using prasad's own line which he uses at the panenka view uh, after a while after i think nearly 2 months prasad is also on the karikar show and there is a special reason behind it as well definitely he is always on the karikar show as well but there is today this is a very special episode this is where this is an episode where two of our brands come and meet together the karikar show meets the panenka view and you can guess the topic that we are talking about maybe titles of, uh, you might have got to know from the title itself definitely definitely so today we are going to talk about mohammed bin salman's takeover of newcastle united and prasad is going to talk about the football side of things i am going to talk about the political side of things this is a joint episode between the karikar show and the panenka view same studio same house but still uh, in between lockdown we are working on the show and we have done a lot of research specifically for you a lot of the audience demanded this show as well so this is a very very interesting topic and uh, there are a lot of elements to this topic that could you know go further into uh, we could go further in depth but this time we are just going to talk from uh, you know uh, from a broader perspective about the premier league and about saudi arabia's international investments and foray into uh, foray into the premier league as well so definitely and sachin i i can i can vouch on that i'm very happy and delighted to be a part of this episode because i have been dying you to come always has been a part of this episode the budget yeah. and today and today is specifically a great day because premier league is back <laughs> 17 yeah, announcement correct yes, yes. 17 june yes arsenal versus city right yeah so uh, let's move ahead with our subject and yes. let's get into what we are going to be talking about this is uh, another historic step in uh, the premier league history hmm. if it happens and uh, uh, to listen to the political side of uh, um, mbs mohammed bin salman and the the political side i am very much keen like our listeners as to what you are going to say so uh, sachin uh, let us uh, give our listeners first a background of mbs like we say mohammed bin salman and uh, it's in news that he is going to take over newcastle for 340 million pounds from mike ashley yes yes so mohammed bin salman is a very influential figure uh, he is the son of the current king salman and also the crown prince of saudi arabia so uh, mohammed bin salman specifically came into limelight in uh, 2015 when he was selected as the minister of defense and minister of defense is a very important position in saudi arabia's royal family you know there are so many uh, some estimates say that there are nearly 2500 members of the royal family so you know it's a it's a pretty large pretty big family with uh, each member of the family having investments in different places and uh, you know involved in various activities as well so mohammed bin salman being the crown prince is a big deal and usually what, so let me just explain you how saudi arabia's politics works so there is a king and the, the king's uh, king's next brother uh, ends up becoming the crown prince and the uh, and then the throne goes to the crown prince itself so yeah. uh, but in this case what happened was king salman made his his favorite son by the way mohammed bin salman the crown prince uh, over yeah. the previous crown prince who was mohammed bin naif who pledged okay. his allegiance to mohammed bin salman and Mo- mm. and right now he mohammed bin salman is the key decision maker in saudi arabia itself 
big big name yeah yeah big yeah. big name and he is the main decision maker because king salman felt is not great so uh, this guy has been a reformist leader in uh, saudi arabia's you know very orthodox royal family and uh, he has been uh, he has been involved in letting women drive letting women into stadiums he has brought uh, uh, wwe to saudi arabia the italian super cup so uh you know he is trying to convert saudi arabia into a modern nation a nation that could depend on tourism a nation that could move beyond oil for its revenues definitely yeah yeah that's so, right yeah so he became the crown prince in 2017 and a lot of radical shift started happening so first of all mohammed bin salman has taken over total control of the royal family and the total control of saudi arabia's government mm uh one of the ways ways he has taken this control is through a pur- so called purge uh where a lot of the influential members of the royal family were uh, so called jailed in the ritz carlton in riyadh and uh, including uh, people like al walid bin talal so al walid bin talal is a very influential figure uh, he is he is an investor investor in news corp and twitter as well so you know people who could oppose him and people who could uh, you know oppose his consolidation of power you know they were completely jailed and they were and this was called as an anti corruption crackdown anti corruption and uh, oh, yeah. Under, yeah under this guise of anti corruption uh, crackdown a lot of fines were imposed on a lot of the members of the royal family this is something that never happens in saudi arabia or uh, for that matter in any royal family which is in middle east right now so this yeah. was a change so- correct so this is so this is like uh, his path is now clear yeah. where he, he has a vision in his head yeah, and, and his path is completely clear as to where he wants to be in the next maybe 10 15 years yes yes sir. and this guy and uh, this guy had this clear vision so one of the uh, one of the ways uh, one of the things which has been saudi arabia has been marketing right now is the saudi vision 2030 where, uh, so, where saudi arabia has a country would move away from oil as its main resource as the main driver of its grow economic growth and development to place things like tourism and stuff like that and uh, this pers- and you know this uh, after this this whole consolidation of so called consolidation of power is very clear for him so saudi vision yeah. 2030 has been big but uh, you know it, it has not been everything has not been so glamorous for him even though he mm. was called reformist there were two things that where he has been criticized heavily by uh, western media and the international media at large one of the uh, one of them is the uh, uh, civil war in yemen where uh, where a lot of people have died and uh, you know where uh, britain and us have sold a lot of weapons and the other aspect where he was criticized and his name came out uh, in very much in open was uh, killing of jamal khashoggi the washington mm. uh, post reporter as yeah. well in yeah, in yeah, yeah. in a embassy in uh, istanbul so and he and he was murdered brutally to say the least so his body parts were dismembered and uh, dismembered and you know he was uh, burnt at uh, so a very yeah, uh, i remember a very, yeah, I, a very graphic description here but yeah that has been the case but uh, you, know, you know he's coming here he's buying a club in the premier league but it's not just uh, you know it's not just for the simple reason that this guy loves football or this guy wants to diversify his investments uh, in a way but this is also uh, there is this thing called uh, theme called which we a lot of journalists discuss is sports washing 
So mm. using sports to wash away the sins of a particular entity, maybe an organization or maybe a country, and this is a very clear cut way of sports washing. And you know, mm. this is not the first time this is happening, and uh, and this is not the first time. Uh, such a major foreigner is coming to own a Premier League club as well. Correct, correct. Foreign ownership. Yeah, we've seen yes. this since the past 15 to 17 years as it has gone through. Exactly, and, exactly. Yeah, huh. and you know, to to uh, to let our listeners know, we are talking about Roman Abramovich's takeover uh, at Chelsea in 2003. I mean, that's the first major kind of. A uh, revelation, as you can say, as Sachin used the uh, term, that happened, and he bought Chelsea in 2003. We've then seen um, the Abu Dhabi owners get Sheikh Manchester Mansour. City, yeah, yeah Cheek Mansoor in 2008-9, and uh, we also have uh, we've seen Wenkies uh, take over Blackburn Rovers. We've seen a lot of uh, this. So this is definitely, like Sachin said, not the first time it's happening. But this is definitely a big discussion point. Sachim, anything that you would like to add on the uh, Manchester City part, Chelsea part here? So, yeah. so uh, coming back to Roman Abramovich. So when Roman came into uh, came into the Premier League, basically uh, it was there were multiple reasons for it. So when uh, let's say a, uh, an investor from a foreign co- uh, country, especially an individual investor. Uh, comes and especially from a country like uh, let's say China or Russia comes into the Premier League or any such sporting properties to park his money outside that country. So Roman's reason for buying Chelsea was to park his money outside Russia, outside the purview of the Russian government and mainly outside the purview of Vladimir Putin. And Mm -hmm. you know this is one of the ways like when he's involved in Chelsea so this is one of the ways where he can tell the Russian government that I own a major entity, a major entity that is covered on a weekly basis by organizations like uh, B- uh, BBC, Reuters, and you know uh, the media at large like Gold.com or something. So if tomorrow something happens to Roman or there is some feud between uh, Vladimir Putin or Roman, Ab- uh, Roman Abramovich, there could this would be all over the news, you know, and this won't just be at the back pages of the Times, but instead come to the front pages of Times and Guardian and all these newspapers as well. So this Definitely. is one one place where they can protect their investment, and in, and at the other place they could also tell their uh, the respective regime in power. So in Roman case, it's Vladimir Putin in Russia. That uh, was, I have an access to such a tool outside Russia. I own a Premier League club. And, you know, you could use this Premier League club to advertise Russia better. And we could, you know, glorify Russia or glorify the Russian identity. Definitely, all this did not happen in the case of Venki's takeover. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but great yeah. chicken nuggets, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point there. <laughs> but, uh, so, but the point that you mentioned that you know having a tool outside your own country exactly. that you can use, yeah, to exactly. you know protect, have a protective investment. Yeah, kind exactly. of a thing. And uh, you know, if you look at uh, a lot of these nations, so coming to uh, you know, so this is Roman Abramovich's takeover of Chelsea. But when you come to Manchester City as well, so even in, during Manchester City is it's a kind of a sports washing. So using sports as a tool to advertise the regime in power. Uh, the you know the government in power. So this is not an individual investor who is coming. Uh, so in case of Manchester City, that is, it's not an individual investor, but it's the Abu Dhabi United Group. So Abu Dhabi United Group is 
essentially so uh, uh, abu dhabi's uh, sovereign wealth fund which is investing so the country itself the country's government itself is investing in a football team yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, so this is just to advertise the country well you know uh, so we know what happens in middle east the human, the kind of human rights violations that happen in the middle east and you know one of the reasons why even qatar is hosting the 2022 world cup is to create a better image of qatar as well and mm-hmm. also this plays an important role in uh, foreign politics as well because if you are owning a club like uh, you know manchester city which is regularly winning titles you know you are uh, going there you are going there sitting with the british elite you know you are meeting people uh, people at premier league matches as well so this is also a tool of foreign diplomacy for these people and a tool of foreign investment for these people as well definitely and, and you know uh, replicating a uh, abramovich's uh, you know purchase of clubs you know there has been an influx of chinese ownership across all the four tiers of english top football you see southampton you see wolves you see yeah. birmingham which is owned by trillion trophy asia uh, you yeah. have reading you have wba you have barnsley so you know a lot Definitely. of clubs which are being uh, owned by chinese owners essentially yeah yeah so this and is one way they are parking their money outside china and telling the chinese government that we have done this amazing investment in a football team outside uh, outside asia outside china so what can happen is if you if you do something to me you know it will be very much advertised in the british press and in the global press at large like premier league has a very good uh, you know media rights or uh, and a lot and each and every country's local media covers the premier league so you know if you do something to me we have a leverage but if you want you can use us and use the club as a tool to promote china has yeah and yeah, uh, the country. And we, yeah, yeah china the country the uh, the government in power uh and we could do things that the chinese government has wanted because they don't want see these people also don't want to be in bad books of the respective governments like uh, of russia or china but they also want to be protected they also want to leverage their investments they have earned a shit ton of money and i'm sorry to word use the s word here but they have earned yeah. a lot of money and they need to park they need to diversify their investment and what better investment than a uh sort of a premier league club as well because that will retain certain amount of value going in and you know regularly you see these broadcast deals coming up uh yeah. so so and premier league is essentially the richest football league in the world so definitely yeah definitely and you see all these even even the 20th place team earn so much more uh, in those broadcasting rights uh, that uh, this is this is the like a hot piece of cake Yeah, or this is definitely a big investment. Oh yeah, Premier League earns a lot more than La Liga does. <laughs> so you know, I'm a fan here. Yeah, yeah. I knew you were going to bring that up sometime in this episode. But uh, but terrific introduction of uh, Mohammed bin Salman and his uh, the history and you know the Saudi region. Uh, definitely good case studies in uh, the takeovers from Russian owners like Abdul Rahman Ibrahimovic, uh, the Abu Dhabi group, uh, Sheikh Mansour. about hachim uh, now becomes the serious question here of uh, newcastle and uh, mike ashley sports direct does this ring a bell on you oh yeah so i think so mike ashley is one of the most hated figures i think so united fans don't hate blazers so much that uh, newcastle fans hate mike ashley <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah 
and this he's not a uh, a uh, uh, nobody to own uh, newcastle i've heard this that he's uh, he supported uh, it's his boyhood club he supported the club from a very long time and uh, you know this was something like a dream come true but then uh, you know this also says at one point that it's uh, the club should not be just owned by fans but owned by people who really care about football and who really care about the club's interest at large mm. And, uh, and you know he has leveraged the club for you know to uh, to take money out for himself right now and not really invested a lot in the club and i think so you will be able to better uh, you know uh, you you were talking about newcastle united a lot and uh, you know alan sherer and all these amazing yeah. players yeah 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 definitely if you if you can uh, see the name newcastle is not just any club it's one of the top most clubs in uh, english football uh, we if you look back at mike actually taking over in 2007 and if you look at 2020 they have only been relegated twice in their history and they have immediately come back the very next season uh, in the premier league so that's we are looking at that stature of a cl- club here and to be very honest they have come back as champions also they have so many great players uh, grace i mean the first ever name that comes to us is definitely alan shearer we've got the great gary speed the welshman who donned newcastle colors we've got kevin nolan we've got kieran dyer and papi sise ashay given peter birdsley now these are top 10 voted players right now in newcastle that i'm talking about but my main point is that this is a takeover of a major club in uh, the premier league and uh, the way mike ashley bought it for 135 million the deal that takes it to 340 million sachin you you can be the judge here as to what a big deal it is and what it's going to cost in the premier league yes. but there's one more but there's one more name that i would like to mention for our listeners and uh, that's a certain british businesswoman a lady named amanda stablev can you take us more through what this person holds the in the deal so yeah so amanda stablev has been a very uh, you know influential figure so she has his own front uh, she is a part of this company called pcp uh, pcp group pcp investments i'm uh, not sure about the name here but definitely pcp uh, investments and she was one of the people uh, responsible behind sheikh mansour's takeover of, of manchester city as well she was also uh, involved in talks between liverpool and uh, dubai international capital which is the uh, you know sovereign wealth fund of dubai has well so she is a very she is a figure who has been involved in a lot of business deals in the middle east and uh, this is a special business deal for her as well because she will probably get a 10% stake in newcastle united as well yeah definitely 10% we are talking so we are talking about something like 80 10, 80 10 10 yeah and yeah. other 10% will also go to david and simon rubin who are who have a lot of real estate interests as well so you know 80 10 10 and uh, but the majority power being in the hands of uh, uh, mbs yes and the, and before and this is not essentially mbs investing his own uh, personal fund as well so this is public investment fund of saudi arabia which is going to invest on behalf of the saudi arabia's government and saudi arabia's and and the kit, the purse of pif lies in the hands of mbs so essentially it's the state uh, state of saudi arabia investing in the club as well so we need to also make that clear as well 
but uh, yeah. So, yeah. so it's this is this is not just any deal for mike hatley and uh, newcastle this is a very big deal this is like another revolution that's about to happen in the premier league Yes. but there there is some sort of revolt as you look over the internet sachim and uh, there is uh, an objection from b in sports uh, i'd like to know more about what why exactly are b in sports objecting to this deal and is, does it have something to do with the piracy yeah so uh, b in sports holds the premier league rights for uh, middle east and north africa Uh, that includes even places like UAE and Saudi Arabia but as we know there was a there was a slight you know so called tussle between Saudi Arabia and Qatar Saudi Arabia and its allies and Qatar as well because of Qatar's uh, involvement with Al Jazeera and a lot of other things as well but uh, coming to the point uh, that meant that uh, this blockade also meant that Bean Sports could not broadcast uh any matches or it could not broadcast its stream essentially into saudi arabia but mm. a lot of people in saudi arabia really wanted access to you know a lot of the content that bean sports had and bean sports is not a very small company it has access to a lot of a uh, lot of events as well so mm. including the premier league as well so people mm. wanted to watch the premier league so basically the, suddenly this new streaming service came online in saudi arabia so that is called bhq Mm. and uh, okay. it was essentially broadcasting bean sports stream uh, by just li- like pasting its logo on bean sports logo and bean sports has uh, previously also opposed this as well uh, this is like a blatant piracy and uh, anything that is being streamed in saudi arabia is essentially streamed only by the blessing of the saudi arabian government so definitely saudi arabian government had a hand in this so called piracy so what bean sports has essentially said is that if Saudi Arabia's takeover of Newcastle United is successful that means Premier League is clear cut endorsing piracy hmm. and and this is a huge 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 appeal as well yeah hmm. it takes a it, it takes a toll on the image of the league as a whole yes. and uh, yeah in the in the bigger sense yeah, to be honest so Premier League has risen a lot uh, it is broadcasted to over 200 nations as well and uh, especially even in middle east and north africa and especially in saudi arabia where there is the blockade but <laughs> yeah but specifically you see a lot of these investors coming in you know psg is there uh, you know red bull investing so much money into uh, franchises around the world but uh, yeah. why why premier league turns out to be the specific specific of of specific interest to so many parties so many organizations uh well premier league uh risen slowly it's marketed itself so well in all these years it's taken the fan bases into consideration it has gone overseas and uh, given its fan those official club statuses uh, it's got its fans involved into it you get the most amount of neutral crowd in the world that watches the league is the premier league i can say that without a shadow of a doubt and uh, the way they are slowly you know they are the broadcasting money that's coming in with uh, the other uh, stuff that they are doing every any owner who wants to take over will have their eyes first on a on the premier league taking around so many things into consideration and i think that is one of the reasons why mbs has you know planned this takeover of newcastle 
which not only puts Saudi Arabia in the Premier League, but his vision, as you said, 2030, the 2030 vision. I think then it puts himself in alignment with that vision. Yeah, and so, uh, this is not the first club that they were linked to in the Premier League. They were also linked to United as well. So, but uh, even but then the price tag at United was something what four billion dollars, if I'm not wrong. Definitely four billion, and we are talking about the Glazers here. Yes, and they won't they won't budge. <laughs> and and this is and we are talking about a club uh, where you you can you know everyone knows about this club. If you say Manchester United. uh you would hear gmu in the background yeah. and you would hear you would have these players with uh, people with cristiano jerseys and rooney jerseys so yeah 4 billion is definitely that uh, amount correct which i even i heard yeah but the newcastle united is also a very famous brand like if anyone who is watch following football even to a little bit like uh, regularly yeah. watching club matches or is uh, aware of the club schedules he would definitely be aware, aware of uh, you know newcastle united yeah. or yeah. the st james park as well so Definitely. it's a very iconic stadium as well so i don't think so and uh, you know this is, if you compare 4 billion dollars and 300 odd million dollars you know this is like a fraction of the cost and you could invest the rest of the money into creating the next manchester city and you know once you are walking into newcastle united the fans won't pressurize you that much in comparison to what would have happened at united like the fans would have been you know very vocal Uh, about their presence and very vocal about their ambitions as well. Whereas Manchester United, you know, you could fail once and there wouldn't be a problem as well. Definitely, so at United you would have to uh, compete with the best, win the league. That's what yeah. you do at United. Yeah. With Newcastle, maybe your first That's objective you would be at United. Yeah, so may, you should. So you at Newcastle, you, your first target would be to get into the top four, get yeah. into the Champions League. Yeah. uh make yourself one of the prominent clubs you know among the top 4 and then from then onwards fight for the title like manchester city did in 2008 9 yeah. they could only go on and win it in 2012 and that too with on goal difference but it, it, it's a gradual process like you said you know they invest 340 in the team and then sort of invest the other money in uh, making the team competitive throughout the years yes completely so uh, and this is not even the first case of politics being involved in sports like it go it goes way back you know when uh, germany hosted the olympic games or even the cold war was not fought uh, just in the space race and you know the nuclear arms race but also at uh, every four years at the olympic games as well on who would come out on top and right now this is a different kind of chessboard and a different kind of field where we are playing these are basically not olympic games but definitely this has some some form of you know a lot of these regional players coming into foray and making their presence felt on a global stage hmm especially definitely. you know look uh, especially someone like a city state like uh, abu dhabi or a lot of these chinese owners coming into the premier league or you know roben abramovich's takeover or for that matter a lot of uh, you have also seen Uh, Russian investments in places like AS Monaco and other places as well, and and uh, and then now you have Saudi Arabia coming into the party as well. So, Sajim, uh, can you care to elaborate on some more on Qatar 2022 and uh, 2022 as well? If we are talking about this, 
So, uh, so basically, Qatar 2022 is also one way of sports washing. Uh, in a way, so you know, there is this brand identity around Qatar that could be generated. You know, and you you know about uh, the host of any major sporting event. You know about South Africa in 2010. You know about Brazil 2014. You know about yeah. Russia 2018, where you you personally visited as well. And it's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a great advertisement for a nation, for a nation uh, which has an ambition of turning into a regional power. And you see that ambition with, you know, investments in Al Jazeera and being sports. And uh, so this is a great advertisement for Qatar. And Qatar has been trying to before the definitely before uh, the whole uh, you know uh, Saudi Arabia versus Qatar thing. uh qatar was trying to create a brand identity around itself trying to you know so called create certain form of neutrality a place uh, doha advertise doha as a place where you know diplomats can come debate discuss as well a neutral ground as well which saudi arabia did not like so, uh, saudi arabia actually thought that qatar was punching above its weight and you know you see the current circumstances between qatar saudi arabia as well so Qatar, yeah. so this is one case of sports washing and you know uh, this also uh, a lot of this you know ownership of abu dhabi uh, abu dhabi ownership of manchester city saudi arabia's ownership of newcastle united and you know and especially qatar hosting of 2022 uh, uh, 2022 world cup as well you know hmm. this uh, uh, you know they are building uh, a lot of workers from india nepal bangladesh pakistan are going there building the stadiums you know uh, and and there and the whole system the human rights violations that are in place these are completely overshadowed uh, in pursuit of these sports e- events so this is definitely you know a big uh, hosting an event like this is a big 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 plus for a country like qatar but this definitely overshadows what happens behind the curtains in qatar who are constructing the stadiums and how many people are actually dying at during at these construction sites as well so you see mm. massive projects happening but uh, but there is no uh, you know human rights violations are a thing still in these countries as well definitely key points that you mentioned there in that uh, this brief description of qatar 2022 that you made so i've had thoroughly uh, had so much to soak in during this conversation of ours you know uh, be it mbs mohammed bin salman's history uh, uh, the saudi arabian history the let's say uh our case studies that we presented in the form of russian owners coming over you had the abu dhabi group you had the chinese owners and uh, mike ashley and newcastle united and why newcastle united sports washing so many uh, would you like to add anything more on this episode so this is one of the first episodes where you know pananka view and karikar uh, shows uh, uh, domain are meeting but this won't be the only only episode you know we are we are planning a few more joint episodes between pananka view and uh, and karikasu and i hope you like the content the kind of content where sports and politics meet and if you want us to do any other such episode you could mail us at karikarshow@gmail.com or you could uh, you could ping us on twitter at the rate the karikar show do follow the account as well uh, you could also ping us on instagram at the rate karikar show and follow us on facebook as well so if you have any recommendations any suggestions and we will be back with a lot more uh, you, the regular political episodes as well so yep. stay tuned keep listening to the karikar show and keep listening to pananka view bundesliga is back premier league is coming back talks of la liga coming back is also 
there so definitely there are a lot of football content coming out so keep listening to the palenka view follow them on twitter facebook and instagram as well yeah that was th- thank you for the uh, recommendation sachin and it's always I great to collab with yes definitely after uh, this is after the mumbai marines episode i'm coming back on the palenka view and i'm ha- really happy about that definitely and i we and as uh, you heard from sachin itself if if you want more of such episodes we would gladly like to do sachim can go on forever like i know him and uh, that will be something for you to soak in and trust me that these are some facts that you definitely want to know and you want to go in depth so uh, sachim uh, thank you so much for this collaboration thank you so much for uh, your time and uh, like i always do and i always end here's your host prasad and co-host sachim signing out on this episode